Grab your Bible and stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of Mark, chapter number 16. Mark, chapter number 16. We're going to read verses 15 and 16. Mark, chapter number 16. We're going to read verses 15 and 16. Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. Father, one more time, I pray your anointing will rest upon the message and upon the messenger, Lord, today. God, I pray, Lord, that you'll give us ears to hear the word this morning, but God, may we not only hear your word, but God, may we also put your word, Lord, into practice. Father, may we be doers of the word and not hearers only. Help us again today, we ask in the name of Jesus. All of God's people said, praise the Lord, and you can be reseated this morning. Well, we just concluded our Global Impact Week this past Sunday. We made faith promises that are going to enable us to invest in missionaries and ministries that will have a global impact. Together, we will partner with Caring Ministries, and we will have an impact on the world. How many of you believe that this morning? But I asked the question this morning, what about our world? We're talking about having a global impact. We're talking about having an impact on the world. But what about our world? What about the world that we walk in every single day? I ask you this morning, are we making an impact on our world? Let me ask you this this morning, are we, are we guilty of making an impact in the world while neglecting our own world? Let's read our text again, which is, of course, what we call the Great Commission. Only this time, I want us to insert the word your. And we're going to do this verse, no injustice by doing this. Mark 16 and 15, let's read it like this. Jesus said, go into all your world. Say your world. Jesus said, go into all your world and preach the gospel. I cannot speak for you today, but I don't want to win the world and lose my world. I don't want to partner with others and impact the world while having no impact on my world. I want to do both. I want to do both. My, my personal mission statement is to, to add value to everyone and everything I encounter. I want to go into all of my world and preach the gospel. How about you? How about you? Well, you might say, Pastor, well, what will it take for me to have an impact on my world? If I'm, if I'm literally going to impact the world that I live in on a regular basis, what is it going to take? Well, let me suggest three things you're going to need to do. First of all, in order for you to have an impact on your world, you're going to have to look around you. It's as simple as this. You're just going to have to start looking around you. Jesus said in John 4 and verse 35, Jesus said, don't say there's still four months and then there's a harvest. But Jesus said, no. He said, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields because they are already ripe for harvest. Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look. I want to suggest three, th three places we need to be looking. First of all, we need to be looking within our family. Look within your family. 
Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 says to direct your children onto the right paths. And if you do that, when they are older, they will not leave it. See, what we need to understand, and that is this, and that is no one has more influence on children than their parents, and especially the father. If you're a parent this morning, listen up, listen up. You have, you have no greater responsibility than your kids. Not your job, not your position. There's, there's no greater responsibility in your life than the responsibility that you have to be a parent. So look within your family. Is someone you love hurting? Is someone within your family unit, are they struggling? Is there someone in your family that is pulling away today? Is there someone in your family that is going astray? And how about your extended family? You know, the in-laws and the outlaws. How will you impact your world? Well, start by looking around you. Look within your family. Number two, look within your circle of friends. Your circle of friends, Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 10 says, A friend nearby is better than a brother who is far away. Let me ask you this question this morning. Within your circle of friends, are you making it easier or harder for them to come to Christ? Actor Richard Gere said, he said, I would become a Christian. He said, if I ever met one who acted like one. He said, I love their message. If I could only meet one. Let me ask you this morning, do you act like a Christian? Do you act like a Christian? Do you model the attributes of a Christian? Or are you a Christian in name only? Do you walk the walk or do you merely talk the talk? Let me ask you this this morning. If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Are you making it easier or harder for your circle of friends to come to Christ? What's it going to take for us to impact our world? Well, first of all, you you need to look around you. You need to look within your family. You need to look within your, your, your friends. And then number three, you need to look within your familiar surroundings. Look within your familiar surroundings. In Acts chapter 3, it records the story of Peter and John going to the temple to pray. And this was something that they consistently did. And the Bible says there in Acts 3 that there was a crippled beggar that was, that was laying beside the gate of the temple. And, and he cried out to Peter and John for help. And the Bible says that Peter and John helped him. The Bible says that a miracle transpired that day through the ministry of Peter and John. The Bible says that Peter said to him in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he began to walk and he began to leap and he began to praise God. A miracle took place that day in the life of this man. But my question, my question for you this morning is why this day? Why this day? See, Acts chapter 3 and verse 2 says this man was at the gate every day. He was there every day. The Bible says that it was the custom of Peter and John to go to the temple at the hour of prayer every single day. I ask you this morning, how many times had they walked past this guy without helping him? 
I promise you this was not the first day they had met him. I promise you this was not the first day that they had seen this man and had come into contact with this man, man with this incredible need. How many times had they walked past this guy? Oh, maybe, maybe they didn't even really notice him or God forbid, maybe they even avoided him. Ever avoided anyone? Don't answer that. Here's my question to you this morning. Are you looking or are are you overlooking the hurting that you cross paths with every single day? I'm asking this morning, do you give money every single month to impact the lives of people around the world and yet you do nothing to impact someone in your world? I'm telling you this morning that if you'll look around, if you'll look around in your family, if you'll look around in your circle of friends, if you'll look around in your familiar surroundings, I'm telling you there's a crippled man at the gate. I'm telling you there's somebody that you see every day. There's somebody you're stumbling over every single day. Yes, thank you for what you do globally. Thank you that the fingerprints of the grace place or all over the world. Thank you for the impact that you're making around the world. But what kind of an impact are we making in our own world? See, when Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, this also includes going into all of our world. How are you going to impact your world? Well, first thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to look around you. Second thing you'll need to do if you're going to have an impact You're going to have to listen up. Listen up. Psalm chapter 20, verse number 1 and 2 says, May the Lord answer you in your time of trouble. And then it's interesting how he said he's going to answer you. It says, May he send you help from his sanctuary. Look around you this morning. Look around you. This is the sanctuary. This is the house of God. There are people that are hurting. There are lame men that are laying at the gate. There are people you're coming in contact with every day. There are people you're stumbling over every single day. Listen, they need our help. Amen. And the Lord wants to send them help through the sanctuary, and we are the help that he wants to send because God works through people. See, God wants to use us to be the answer to someone's prayer. Several years ago, I felt the Lord call me to another city, a city I'd never been in in my life, and to pioneer or plant a brand new church. So we began to make plans on how that was going to come about. We put a for sale sign on our house. One day, a a couple from a church that we had pastored a few years before came. They were just driving through the city, and they said, let's stop and see the Bensons. And so they stopped, and they knocked on our door, and we visited a little bit. And in the midst of visiting, they said, Pastor, we noticed you've got a for sale sign on, out in the front. What, what's going on? And we began to tell them about how that the Lord had given me a vision and how the Lord had spoken to me in the middle of the night and how the Lord had given me a directive to go to another city and to plant a church from scratch. This lady was a real prayer warrior. She was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I noticed she became very, very uh, uh, serious and very quiet. And a couple moments later, she said, Pastor, she said, she said, the Lord has just revealed to me that you are going where you are going. You're going there as a direct answer to somebody's prayer. 
Well, it was several months before we actually ended up in that city and several months before we actually began that church. And I'll never forget the first Sunday that we began that church. And I'll remember the first Monday after that Sunday as, 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 I, as I went to visit all of the, the handful of people that came out to, to our first service. I, I went to see them in their home. And I'll never forget sitting in the living room of a of a couple's home, and I'll never forget, I'll never forget this lady, she said to me, she said, Pastor, she said, do you know why you're here? I said, yeah, I think I do, because on March the, 20, uh, March the 19th, 1990, the Lord spoke to me, Harvest Time Church, Midland, Texas, Odessa Highway, that's why I'm here. She said, Pastor, let me tell you why you are here. She said, you are here as an answer to me and my husband's prayer. For years we have asked the Lord to send us a man of God, to send us a man to plant an, an Assemblies of God church in this city. My mind quickly went back several months before when this other lady said to me, said, you are going where you are going as a direct answer to somebody's prayer. Now I'm sitting in somebody's living room and somebody is telling me you're here because we prayed for you. Listen, I want to tell you this morning, the Lord wants to use you, amen. He wants to send people help from the sanctuary. This is the sanctuary. This is the people of God, amen. We're not just here this morning just to, to, to breathe in all that we can breathe in, but we are here this morning to get filled up so that we can go out, amen, and we can be the answer to somebody's prayer. If you're going to impact your world, you're going to have to learn to be sensitive to the voice of God and to the voice of people. Listen up. Listen up. God wants to use you as his help. I want to suggest three ways to listen this morning. First of all, I would suggest that you listen carefully. Listen carefully. Try to capture the heart of the person. Don't don't just hear their words. Pay attention to their tone. Pay attention to their body language. Pay attention to, to to their demeanor. See, the truth of the matter is most people don't really listen at all. Most people aren't really listening at all. They're they're too busy thinking about what they're going to say next. Listen carefully. And number two, listen compassionately. Listen compassionately. Use, use wisdom and compassion in your response to people. Please listen up. Listen up for the next three minutes, please. Let me help you this morning, and let me help a lot of other people as well. Use wisdom and compassion in your response to people. Don't, don't say things like, well, you think that's bad. Let me tell you about my situation. They're trying to pour their heart out to you. They're trying to unburden their heart. They are hurting, and yet you will say, oh, you think you got trouble. Let me tell you what trouble is, sister. Don't do that. Listen compassionately. Refuse the temptation to one-up the person. Don't, Don't top their story with your story. And don't say things like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. My brother had that and he died. (laughs) It's funny, but it ain't funny because it happens all the time. Listen compassionately. Amen. Hey, listen, what they're telling you. You may be able to one-up them. It may be, you know, it may be little bitty things to you, but it's not little bitty to them. Listen compassionately. Hey, it may not sound like a big deal to you, but obviously it is to them. 
How many of you understand the difference between major and minor surgery? Do you understand the difference? Well, let me, I don't think you do. See, here's, you know, uh, minor surgery is if you're having surgery. Major surgery is if I'm having surgery. Amen? Hey, listen compassionately. Hey, it, it might not sound like a big deal to you, but obviously it is to them. And, and just don't, don't just tell them to man up or put their big girl pants on. Show them true compassion. Listen carefully. Listen compassionately. And, and listen consistently. Consistently. Be that person that is always there for them. Don't answer, but do you have somebody in your life that's always there for you? They're always there for you. Be that person. Be that person that is always there for them. Be that, be that one stable, reliable, dependable person in that person's life. Be their rock. Here's what I know, and that is people confide in people who have earned their trust. There are people in all of our lives that we can impact. Truth of the matter is we are all impacting people. Some positively, some negatively. I'll never forget several years ago, I was standing at the graveside when a man came up to me that I didn't even know. I knew who he was, but I didn't know him personally. This man came up to me and he said to me, he said, Pastor Benson, he said, I owe you an apology. I said, sir, you owe me an apology? I really don't even know you. He said, sir, I I owe you an apology. He said, sir, I have hated you for five years. I said, excuse me? He said, I have hated you for five years. He said, but sir, I want to apologize to you. He said, because I've been watching you. I've been watching your life. I've been watching your ministry. I've been watching your church. And he said, Pastor, you're nothing like I was told you were. Someone had influenced him toward me in a negative way by telling lies. Do you know some Christians lie? Let me rephrase that. Some so-called Christians lie. Amen. Be careful who you listen to. Three things you need to do if you're going to impact your world. First of all, you're going to have to look around you. Second thing you need to do is listen up. And the third thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to lead them. If you're going to impact them, that means you're going to lead them. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You've heard me say it, but I'm going to say it again. There are two people you should always have in your life. You should always have somebody that is ahead of you, and you should always have someone that is behind you. You should always have someone mentoring you, and you should always be mentoring someone. If If you're going to impact your world, you're going to have to lead those who are coming up behind you. Let me suggest three ways that you need to leave them. First of all, you need to leave them with integrity. Lead with integrity. If, if you were to ask me what the most important quality of a leader was, and it's important, there are a lot of important qualities of a leader, but if you were to ask me what the, what the single most important quality of a leader was, listen, listen to me, I would not respond with talent. I would not respond with, respond with ability, nor charisma, nor faith, nor courage, or any other, other answer but this one, and that answer is integrity. Integrity. Integrity trumps them all. Why? Because you cannot lead people who do not respect you. 
You cannot lead people who do not trust you. See, see, talent can get you somewhere, but oh, integrity, integrity will keep you there. So lead with integrity. Lead with integrity. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you say you're going to be somewhere, be there. And be who you present yourself to be. Be the real deal. Not only do you need to lead with integrity, but also lead with intentionality. Know where you want to take them and know how you're going to get them there. Take advantage of teaching moments. Several years ago when Pastor Steve was our youth pastor here, Pastor Steve had a pastor's heart. Pastor Steve wanted to be a pastor and so, and so he asked me to be his mentor and so I mentored Pastor Steve. And one day I was going to do a funeral and I thought, well, here's a good time for me to mentor Pastor Steve. And so I, I went to his office and I said, hey, at 2 o'clock I've got a funeral. Do you want to go with me? And, and I can, we can talk about funerals and grieving people and all these kinds of things on the way to the funeral. And you can observe me do a funeral and, and you can, you know, just hands-on kind of learning here. And he said, yeah, I'd love to go. And so, so we took off for the funeral at the appropriate time. And on the way to the funeral, I taught him all the ins and the outs, all the do's and the don'ts. I talked to him, talked to him about how to minister to grieving people. And I went to, through step by step how to, how to minister at, at a funeral. And I, I got so engrossed in, in my mentoring, I wasn't paying attention to where I was going. And we got lost and were late for the funeral. On the way home, I told him, I said, I have now taught you what to do and what not to do. Lead with intentionality. Use every possible means like, like books and conferences and podcasts and, and other leaders that you have a relationship with. Oh, share your relationships. My son recently thanked me for the doors that have opened to him because of my relationships, which eventually became his relationships. See, the truth of the matter is all of us are standing on the shoulders of someone else. Truth is, we should all exceed our parents because because they provided for us a better starting place than they had. I expect my son, I expect my daughter to far outdo what I've done in ministry because, because they had a whole lot better starting place than I had. Lead with integrity, lead with intentionality, and lead with intensity. Enthusiasm is the fuel that motivates our followers. I'm going to say that again this morning. Enthusiasm is the fuel that motivates our followers. See, see, it is impossible to excite somebody else about what we are not excited about ourselves. See, I know I'm going to preach a good sermon to you every Sunday. Why? Because I'm an ego man? No, not because of that. Because I know, amen, I know I'm going to work on it. I'm going to beat on it. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to get it right before I get up here, man. I'm not going to get up here until I'm on fire with it. I'm not going to get up here until I'm enthused with it. I'm excited about it until it's burning in my heart. Amen. I'm just going to get up here and I'm just going to be on fire and I'm just going to let you watch me burn. Enthusiasm is the fuel that motivates our followers. This is why I look into my own heart and my own hands for direction and not into the heart and the hands of others. 
This is why I create my own sermons and I don't look on the internet for somebody else's. I'm not shooting at anybody that does that. I have no problem with people borrowing somebody else's ideas or borrowing somebody else's materials even though I actually do not do that. And there's a reason why that I do not do that and that is because I just know that I can be a better me than I can be a carbon copy of somebody else. I also understand that I can only be passionate about what's in my heart. I can't be passionate about what's in Brother Smith's heart or or Pastor Jones's heart. Let me tell you what I can be passionate about. I can be passionate about what is in my heart. And so I don't look to the heart of somebody else. I don't look into the hands of somebody else. I don't look into the resources of somebody else. Amen. Listen, I get on my on my face and I ask God, what do you want, what do you want your people to hear this week, God? And I get and I open the word of God and I say, God, show me what you want me to share today. Amen. Listen, I get enthused and excited about it and come and share it with you. Because I, I tell you, I can get more excited about what God can do with me than what he can do with me using somebody else's stuff. It's just me. It's not everybody. I understand that, but lead with intensity. Be be energetic. Be enthusiastic about what you are called to do. Listen, I'm going to tell you this morning, if you can't be excited, if you can't be enthused, if you can't get turned on in what you are doing, perhaps you are not doing the thing that God has called you to do. Now, you may just be burned out, too, and you may need a a little R&R. I understand that as well. But if that goes on on a continual basis, we might consider that. Many years ago, I was pastoring in another city, and we had just a host of young people, just a host of teenagers that were called into the ministry. I mean, it was just a string of them, just a string of them. And this one man, his two sons were called into the ministry, and he wasn't all that happy about it. Because he wanted them to be doctors and lawyers and such. (laughs) Don't let me grow up to be a preacher. Amen. (laughs) Don't let my sons grow up to be preachers. Let them be doctors and lawyers and such. (laughs) One day we're talking in the lobby. And he said to me, he said, you know, he said, you make the ministry attractive. He said, one of the reasons why my sons are called to ministry, one of the reasons why we have this string of young people being called into ministry is because, Pastor, you make the ministry appealing. That was the word he used. You make the ministry appealing. Listen, enthusiasm is the fuel that motivates our followers. Amen? The takeaway for the message today is simply this, at the grace place. At the Grace Place, we want to help you impact your world. Listen, listen, listen. Yes, yes, it is our dream to see the fingerprints of the Grace Place literally all over the world. Yes, yes, we want to partner with caring ministries around the world. Yes, we want to have a global impact. But I want to tell you this morning, not only do we want to have a global impact, but we also want to have an impact in our world. Yes, we want to go into the world and preach the gospel, but we also want to go into our world and preach the gospel. And at the Grace Place, we want to help you impact your world. God's Word tells us to become disciples. God's Word says for us to make disciples. See, God didn't save us just to sit sour and soak. At the Grace Place, we're going to help you become a disciple, and then we're going to help you to start making disciples. At the Grace Place, we are going to equip you, and we're going to give you practical tools. At the Grace Place, we want to walk with you through your journey. One of the ways we want to do that, and that is on purpose. Beginning on 
Sunday, May the 6th, which is actually this coming Sunday, this, this very next Sunday morning from 9.45 a.m. until 10.45 a.m. for four consecutive weeks, Discipleship 101 is going to be offered in Classroom 104. I guess we should have actually called it Discipleship 104. I would invite you this morning. If you have a desire to become a disciple, if you have a a desire to learn how to disciple others, if you have a genuine desire of, 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 of not just giving money so the world can be impacted, but if you have a genuine desire to impact your world, I encourage you, I encourage you to come out of this class. Go to this class, 9.45 to 10.45. Then you can stay for the second service. It's four weeks, four Sundays in a row. You can sign up for this class online or in the lobby. We want to help you make an impact on your world. Amen. Can we stand in his presence this morning? Lord, we thank you today for your word. Oh, God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word today. Oh, God, we have a desire. God, we have a desire to impact our world, not just the world, but our world. God, help us not to win the world and lose our world. God, help us not to impact the world and yet not impact our world. God, forgive us for walking over the cripple every day or every week on our way to church or every day on our way to work. There are people that you have put in our path, God, And we've sidestepped them. Maybe we've ignored them. Maybe we've even acted like we didn't even see them. And they were strategically placed in our life and placed in our path. And you put them as our assignment. And if we don't reach them, nobody's going to reach them because they're our assignment. your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed all over this room this morning, I want to ask you to examine your heart today. I'm not trying to heap condemnation. If that came across that way, that wasn't the intent. I want to challenge you. Not condemn you, but I want to challenge you. Challenge you to make an impact in your family, with your friends. Let me tell you what, if all they ever hear you talk about your church is criticism, you're never going to get them. Why would they want to come to church with you? Use wisdom. Use compassion. Use common sense. How about your family? How about the familiar surroundings? You're surrounded with every day that person in that cubicle. They've been there for two years. You've never even introduced yourself, let alone been sensitive to maybe their needs how about developing a relationship with someone in the next cubicle so that when they, when they actually do, when they begin to trust you then they can begin to pour out their heart to you and when they begin to pour out their heart to you then you, you have the answer and the answer is Jesus examine your heart today are, are you making an impact are you making an impact or you just like Peter and John? I don't know how many how many times did they walk by the man that was lame at the gate, beautiful. It says right there in the passage that, that his family laid him there daily. Every day he was there. Peter and John were men of God. It was their custom to go to the 
temple at the hour of prayer and pray. Wasn't their first encounter with this man? Wasn't the first time they saw him? How many times did they sidestep him? How many times did they go around him? Or how many times maybe they did have a penny or two to toss in his cup? You know, just a little, get rid of a little bit of guilt. Oh God, would you speak to us? Oh God, would you open our eyes? Would you open our ears? Would you open our hearts? Would you help us, oh God? Help us, oh God, to make an impact. To make an impact on those that we love and those that are near us and those that you have strategically positioned in our life for such a time as this.